Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always. And those of you new to the Greatest Games Podcast, is a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It can be any game they want, a game from when they were a freshman coach, a varsity coach, a college coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. Well, Chris, we are going back to South Carolina. You know, we made history last episode with our first North Carolina coach, but we're going back to the Southeast and South Carolina bringing in Dion Bethay. He just won his third straight state championship after finishing his sixth year at Gray Collegiate Academy, West Columbia, South Carolina. Dion, welcome to the greatest games. Hey, man, glad to be here, man. You know, I watched a couple of y'all episodes, man, and y'all doing a great job. I was like, man, I wonder if I'm going to get a shot to get on there one day. <laughs> well, like I said, we wanted to interview your assistant coach. We hear he's really the glue to the program, but Brian <laughs> insisted on bringing you on and not Brandon. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Brandon's been doing a great job with us, man. <laughs> Brandon was, uh, you know, we'll talk about you, but Brandon was definitely a kid that was born to be a coach. You know what I mean? He was a great player, and he knew the game well. And, and uh, I believe his dad his dad coached, correct? Yeah, yeah. His dad yeah. coached won a state championship in Georgia, yeah. Yeah, so he was a kid who you knew was always going to become a coach. And it's great to see what you guys are doing down there at Gray. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. He, he's been a, a pleasure to have on staff, you know, and uh, he brings a lot, of, you know, a lot to the program. I'm getting older now, so – he can sit there, you know, do a better job than I can relating to the kids and, you know, saying the same lingo and stuff. <laughs> Although those guys are getting older now, too, now. Brandon's older than you think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coach, why don't you tell us about your resume and how you got to where uh, at Great Collegiate you're, you're playing and coaching career and, and uh, all that. Well, um, uh, for me, it started um, – you know, a very long time ago when I uh, started the Richland Ravens. And um, it was a, a startup AAU program with uh, T-shirts, uh, two, two sets of T-shirts and, um, you know, one pair of shorts. And, uh, you know, it kind of grew from there. You know, we picked up the likes of uh, Brandon Wallace, who you mentioned earlier, um, Zam Frederick, Rashawn Dickey, and, you know, of course, Devin Downing, the list goes on. but um, I did the, the AU uh, for 20 plus years, uh, had a lot of great success with it. And, um, you know, kind of like my last year of uh, coaching uh, Bryce Johnson and uh, Travis Hammonds, um, you know, I, I was I was burned out and, um, you know, really wanted to sit there and, and try something a little different. So um, a friend of mine, he had reached out to me about a, a post-grad program that they were starting up. And um, they already had football, but they was going to start basketball. So the guy, he, um, he was about to hire um, a guy named Anton Brown. And uh, when I called him, you know, it was, it was funny because he was like, hey, you know, um, I just talked to Coach Calipari, and he said I need to hire this guy. But, you know, you can, you know, send me your resume and let me take a look. So I did something better. Not only did I send on my resume, but I had uh, Roy Williams, Bobby Crimmins, um, man, uh, AK, you know, and this one he was at, um, uh, Ole Miss at the time. I had, like, all those coaches call over there and have conversations with them. And, 
you know, the next thing you know, he called me. He's like, hey, look, you don't have to have nobody else call. He said, we're going to give you the job. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, you know, two two years doing the post-grad program, and we had winning, um, winning records both years, and we put kids in school those two years. And uh, the same guy that gave me the opportunity, he was like, he was starting up a charter school, which was high school, and he asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, heck yeah, because – you know, when you're sitting there and you charging kids to to go to to go to school, man, it, it's kind of hard, man. You know, because everybody don't have it like that. But you know, to have you know opportunity to be the head coach at a, a startup school, which was Great Collegiate at the time, I jumped all over. And um, you know, and that that's how I ended up over at Great Collegiate Academy. You know, it's a it's an interesting journey that you've had talking about your the, the Richland Ravens starting out with two t-shirts is kind of a grassroots and then knowing the where you built your AAU programs and now here you are back starting the program at Gray Collegiate and then to see what you've been able to build there in in, in six years and winning three state championships so tell us about that journey and that value to me it sounds like an extremely valuable experience to be able to start not it's not start at the bottom and work your way up, but it does feel a little bit like that. So just just tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the the first the first two years for us at Gray, we were at large, so we weren't part of a region, and we couldn't compete for um, state championships. So we really had to sit there and and do the groundwork and and build the program up. And um, we did that for two years, and and we went a lot of different places. We went to um, you know, Las Vegas the first year, and then the second year we went to the uh, Virgin Islands, and um, you know, and and you know, really started to uh, you know attract more um, talent there. So after those first two years, we were able to sit there and um, you know compete for region um, region championships and also state championships. So our first year of competing, um, you know, we had the luxury of um, having Jaleek Felton with us. And um, you know the great the the great thing about that was Jaleek was a a heck of a player. Um, the negative part of that was uh, we just happened to be in a region with uh, you know Zach Norris and the Keenan Raiders. So you know we had to sit there and uh, you know really fight with those guys to to um, you know beat them twice. And uh, we knew uh, deep down that we'll probably have an opportunity to see them that third time. And we ended up, uh, meeting them up in the upper state, you know, where everybody, you know, felt like we were destined to win our first state championship with Jalik at the helm. And, um, they ended up beating us and, um, it was a, a great learning lesson. I, I haven't, I haven't watched the film, you know, since that happened, you know, but, uh, after that, you know, um, every everything else moving forward was great for us because the next, the next, um, what the next three years after that, um, we ended up holding up that trophy. So you know, it, it motivated us, and um, you know, it, it made us work that much harder to um, to get to where we are now. Dion, talk about what made you want to become a coach. What was that drive that made you? And, and like Brian said, you started up. And you talk about starting up your own AAU program from scratch and it started great collegiate. What drew you to coaching though? Um, you know, just, just helping the, the, the youth, um, you know, the, the, the kids, they were uh, so important 
you know, to me and making sure that, you know, they had somebody that they can lean on on and off the court. You know, it was it was huge in, in developing those relationships, you know, that, that end up being long, long lasting relationships, you know, because, you know, nothing like seeing a kid at, at 13, 14 years old and then, you know, seeing a kid like we talk, um, we talk about Brandon Wallace, a, a kid that's older, you know, and, and you look at the finished product, you know, somebody that you helped along the way. And, and that's that's the biggest thing that that I, I get out of it, you know, or, or me coming home and cutting on the TV and, and watching you guys win the NIT, you know, things like that. That's that's what I love seeing. And that's why I do it. You know, Dion, you, you mentioned Roy Williams. You mentioned a, a kind of a laundry list of, of college coaches. I know you've been around the game a long time, but I'd love to hear about some of the mentors, the guys that you still lean on today when you have things going on, like what am I going to do with this situation or just the, just the mentors in your life in, in coaching and maybe even outside of coaching? Um, you know, uh, George, George Ravelin, um, you know, they call him the godfather of Nike basketball. Um, Coach Ravelin gave me my first, my first deal at Nike. And, um, you know, to this day, man, he, he's been a, a real big mentor um, for me because, you know, all the stuff that he's, he's seen and, and he's done, but, you know, he's somebody that I still can call on to this day and have long conversations, you know, um, you know just, just about, like, basketball and life in general. So, you know, he's, he's definitely somebody that I, I look, you know, heavy on. And, and then also, too, um, you know, before Coach Williams had passed away, uh, we used to have some real good conversation because he was my high school coach and, um, you know, a great coach, you know, legend here in South Carolina. And um, uh, another one, uh, my, my uncle Mark Gerald at Mullins High School that passed away as well. So, I, you know, like those guys really motivated me and, and helped, you know, mold me, um, you know, along my journey. Uh, Coach Raveling is a guy that, that so many people talk about. Uh, a guy we know well, Mike Boynton, always talks about Coach Raveling and, and what he's meant to Mike in uh, in his career as well. So, uh, yeah, Coach Raveling is a great mentor to have. Um, tell us a little bit, Dion, about maybe like a belief you had when you first got into coaching, uh, maybe like a style you wanted to do or, or something you wanted to do that you've maybe had a change because things are a little different than you thought when you're actually coaching kids. Well, when I, when I was starting out in the AAU stuff, um, I really wasn't that good of a coach. I just had more talent than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's half the battle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of screaming and yelling. And, um, you know, I, I definitely had to grow up out of that, you know, and, and start, you know, learning how to coach the kids. Um, you know, me having an opportunity to work skills academies, um, you know, uh, the Nike Elite 100, and also, uh, you know, for three years, me having the pleasure of working with John Lucas and him sitting there um, taking me under his tutelage, you know, that that helped mold me because it was a lot of different terms and basketball phrases I didn't understand. So, you know, like being around him and, and a lot of different pros, you know, watching the different you know, different lingos and, and different sets and stuff, um, it, it, it helped me even more because, I, I mean, it's, it's still a lot of stuff out there that I don't know, but 
you know, when you get great relationships and you go to places like that, you have opportunities to work with um, NBA assistant coaches. So I can sit up, I can sit there and pick up the phone and I can call a John Bell, uh, John Beckett uh, with the Denver Nuggets and he'll send me some quick hitters, you know, just to make sure that I have an understanding and, you know, um, you know, with the style of how I want to play uh, with my kids. So, he, he, you know, like a lot of those guys been been very helpful for me. Yeah, we've talked about it on this show before. I think going back to episode 24 with Rock Renzio, but just how unique basketball is as a as a culture. I mean, like you say, just calling up Coach Beckett is just is just coaches just sharing information. It's like, yeah. And even coaches that compete against each other in South Carolina or wherever, it's just like, yeah, I'll help you out. Like it's just so, so unique. And even back to the camp days, you talk about what's working with people and getting to know people, sharing things then. And it's just I, I can't think of a of an industry that is it's like basketball. So it's so, so unique. Oh yeah, like and, and you know too. Uh, another another good thing about it is, um, you know, uh, Billy Donovan is a good friend of mine. So um, Coach Donovan, you know, he have his assistants like they send me stuff to sit there and look. But when he was at Florida, man, I, I used to love like like just going down there and watching him work guys out because I mean, you know, outside of Larry Shire, you know, like they use their hands. And when they're doing drills, you know, uh, Coach Shire was like, he said, when you're watching Coach Donovan, he'll start making up stuff. So he took the basketball and he started throwing it off the wall and Joe Kendall and Al Horford, you know, those guys are just like, what is he doing? <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, just, just watching stuff like that. But it was his way of, uh, of motivating them and introducing them to, you know, just something different. Like you're not always going to catch the ball clean. You know, so he was throwing it all wild off the walls and stuff. But it was – I thought it was dope. Billy Donovan, right. one nope. of my, my favorite coaches of all time. Chris, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. The greatest – and Chris will know this too – the greatest starting lineup, music, the lights off back in the mid-2000s. I don't think they do it anymore at University of Florida. You two where the streets have no name on loop. I, I get chills thinking about it now. Unbelievable. It was, it's my all-time favorite. Chris, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, we used to get hyped playing them to listen to the intro music. Um, but, no, Coach Donovan, he's a great guy. And Coach Shiatt, you know, I mean, there's not a – I always say this when I have a chance. There's not a better family than the Shiatt family, top to bottom. And Larry's a great coach and a, and a great guy. But, Coach, we brought you on here to talk about your greatest game. I know you said our boy John Combs stole one from us, so you're going to have to use a different game. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of Combs on that. Don't worry. We'll send someone down to break his knees or whatever we got to do. Oh, 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 oh. I'm an Italian from New Jersey now. We, you know, we get stuff Hot done. Mike. Hot <laughs> but tell us about your greatest game. You kind of – you tipped us off a little bit about it. I think we found the article about it, and – uh Tell us about this game and why it was so special. Man, um, you know, we, we were down at City of Palms, um, you know, one of the uh, the best tournaments in the country. And, you know, we down there with IMG and um, Oak Hill. And, you know, we ended so, up so some easy against, teams, some easy Ws. IMG, Oak yeah. Hill, yeah, easy Ws. <laughs> man, I, I tell you, it wasn't nothing easy about none of those. But, <laughs> man, but it was, uh, it was a great experience, but – uh, we ended up playing against um, this uh, this team, uh, Sarasota uh, High School, 
And uh, they were they were like a, a really good team. They had a, a kid uh, on the team, Malachi. Uh, he he had committed to Florida State in football. Um, he should be a, a he might have been a senior this year. But long story short, man, um, you know we uh, we went into that game needing um, you know needing this win, and with the veteran uh, backcourt we had with uh, Tommy Bruner and Khalil Robinson, uh, we we really jumped out on them. And, um, you know, we, we talk about this game a lot, me and my coaches, because, you know, you know, they were real similar to us, you know, from an athletic, stand, uh, athletic standpoint and, you know, with the way that we play and how they play, you know, we all took, you know, a lot of, a lot of long shots and, um, you know, you know, Tommy was, he was on fire and, you know, Tommy was making shots, Khalil was making shots. And uh, excuse my English bulldog. You know he, he's getting excited. He might That's be looking great. at the... He wants to be on the show. That's great. We'll have him on next. <laughs> it's usually uh, Brian's dog in the background barking. But oh man, yeah, he he's something else, man. But uh, so so yeah, you know it, it's a it's a game that that's going back and forth, and uh, the the crowd is really into it because you know of course we're on the road and we're down in Florida, so Sarasota wasn't that far from where the city of Palms were at, and um, we ended up we ended up going up like six, and it was about a minute left, and I swear. Every time, every time they threw the ball up in that last minute, it went in because of, you know, off of our turnovers that we were sitting there making. And uh, the kid hit an unbelievable shot to sit there and sit in overtime with like two people draped over him. So that was the first overtime. So then in the second overtime, not only are we, you know, we sitting there dealing with foul trouble, Tommy Brunner ended up fouling out. So Khalil and Jalil and, um, uh, Chase McDuffie was, um, he was a sophomore. He was a sophomore. And um, to go and show you, like, how much they believed in each other, uh, Khalil had a chance to win the game in the second overtime, and he decided to pass it to um, Chase McDuffie in the corner, pass it to the sophomore to win the game, so a senior giving the ball up. And uh, Chase ended up missing the shot. So, you know, we ended up heading to the to the second overtime. So in the last – uh, seconds of that game because they took they took like a one point lead and we had the ball with like ten seconds left so we told Khalil it was like hey look you keep it it's on you so Khalil got the basketball in the backcourt and uh, they put their best defender on them the kid Malachi and he's like six five and uh, Khalil ended up beating them off the dribble and uh, one of the kids jumped into him. And he laid the ball up with his right hand, and we jumped off the bench because he got fouled too. So not only did he make the shot, you know, he got fouled and he went to the line and he made the free throw, and we won the game. So it was a great ride heading back to Columbia, South Carolina, you know, rather than us sitting there being mad that we gave another one away. All right, Coach, I'm, I'm reading the article here following along with you. Uh, it was tied at 78, and Khalil drove. Scored with one second left. Now, the article says it was a favorable whistle, but it don't matter. You won the game. <laughs> it's, I'm just telling you what the article says. But you talked about uh, Chase McDuffie. You said he was a sophomore then. He hit a three in regulation to tie the score with under a minute to go. Talk about the confidence of having a sophomore like that out on the court in a situation like that. 
Well, Chase, Chase was an interesting story too. And, you know, he, he was with us as a freshman when we won the first state championship. So, you know, the guys knew how good he was going to eventually be, but, you know, it's a process. So, you know, Chase started for us a lot that season to start the season out because we had injuries and um, we had a kid that was ineligible and wasn't eligible the second semester. But, you know, you know, Chase was a guy who just, just made shots. And, you know, um, you know, he was a, you know, a confident kid and the guys believed in him. And uh, that's why they kept giving him the basketball. We talk about Khalil finishes the game with 26 points. I had the, the great pleasure to coach his brother at Ridgeview, Tyreek, super athletic. Tell us a little bit more about Khalil, that leadership that he brought, and, and again, scoring 26 in this game, just putting you on your back and, and making that bucket at the end of the game. But tell us a little bit more about Khalil. Man, uh, winner, you know, and, and, and he, works, he works real hard on his craft. And, um, you know, like I said before, Tommy fouled out. So when Tommy went out, you know, Khalil not only had to set other guys up, but, you know, he also had to be the guy, you know, to sit there and, and get us over the hump. You know, um, he's, a, he's a proven winner, but, you know, he's also a big-time leader as well. Just, uh, again, looking at the article and doing some research here, this kid, uh, Weidman, Malachi Weidman, had 33 points. Uh, like you said, originally committed to Florida State. Now it looks like he's committed to Tennessee to go play football. Mm-hmm. But this is one heck of an athlete. Did you guys have a chance to see them before you played them at the tournament? Did you know what you guys were going up against? Yes. Yeah, we saw him in the dunk contest, too. And, uh, you know, the, the kid was – he was, like, freakish athletic, but he could score the basketball. But he had other good pieces around him, too, you know, but – but, you know, the thing that I kept telling the kids was we got to keep them out the paint. You know, um, you know, Malachi kind of sliced us up a lot, and he was making some real tough shots. But if he missed, you know, um, you know, like we, we had to, you know, find him and box him out because he was, you know, he, he was a load to handle, you know, but great talent. You know, Looking at this this article here too, and I, I, Chris, I think you're right. Well, my opinion of this article it seems like it's slanted a little bit to the opponent here. It, I, I just it might you might not have gotten a fair uh, pencil with this article here. Too, <laughs> but, uh, um, talking about you know, a favorable whistle, but anyway, it's just beside the point. Um, it, it looks like it was an early morning contest. You thought you're in the city of Palms. It's a nationally recognized event. Um, looks like you, you took a couple losses, and then you come into this early morning game. Tell us what is it? What's it like? Is we everybody that's listening to this podcast, us included, that are doing the podcast, have been a part of an early morning game after a couple of losses in a tournament. How do you get your guys going, and then to see them get going? What was that like? And uh, it, it was it was it was tough after the second loss because we were down there for seven days, and uh, we we ended up winning the first game. Um, that they had set up for us down there. And then we would transition over to the city of Palms and then we had to open up with IMG. And, you know, I was proud of the kids, you know, in that game because, you know, when we competed and we played hard, you know, and, and they ended up winning the national championship. But, you know, when you can sit there and replace one six nine with a, another six nine or six ten, 
you know, that's that's tough to deal with. And they had plenty of those. But, but you know, I just told the kids, I was like, look, you know, we can't go back um, to South Carolina one and three. I'd rather go back two and two, you know, and, and get a win in the city of Palms because, see, the second game we ended up losing was to um, uh, Miami – Miami Christian and and they were pretty good. They I mean they shot the cover off the ball and it was like the percentage that they had against us, we had a higher percentage shooting wise against um Sarasota. You know, but um you know, but but the kids knew what was what was on the table because it was college coaches, no matter how early it was, college coaches was in the building and watching those guys play. So, you know, we had to sit there and perform. It wasn't an option. Talk about the importance, Coach, with your program and where you have it now and the importance of playing in these type of tournaments. I don't know if the guy that runs the Bojangles Bash lets you in that tournament. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But maybe you have to travel other places. But talk about the importance (laughs) of what these tournaments do for you. Man, um, uh, exposure, you know, and and, and Brian and the Bojangles have always done a great job of taking care of us. you know, I had I had one of my kids. He ended up losing, uh, you know, one of uh, his gift card or something. And you know, Brian put it in the mail and he sends it to me. And a lot of people they don't do stuff like that. And to me, it's not the it's not the big things. It's the little things. So you know, um, you know, the Bojangles is in the class, you know, by itself, man. And and, and you know, you know, being in an event like that, you know, the atmosphere, um, you know, it give you know, the hometown, hometown uh, crowd a chance to, to, you know, see, you know, all the talent, you know, here in the state, you know, whether it's us going against each other or whether it's us playing against uh, out-of-town teams. But, you know, just like that event, man, um, you know, all the other ones are good too. They just, you know, just just help the kids, you know, just get put in a, a situation where they can get seen you know, where some of them might not get seen by going to a mom and pop's uh, event somewhere, you know, like locally or something. The the exposure is huge. And what I talk to my coaches a lot about is the experience. And again, back to this podcast on, on the 27th of May, we talked to Darren Cooper out of, out of North Jersey, NorthJersey.com, talking about the Jamboree up in, in New Jersey and how sometimes there's mismatches, you know, big schools and small schools and small schools going there thinking, well, we're just going to get get beat here. But it's really that experience about playing against great players. To me, that's 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 what my belief is. So, and Dion, we know you've coached a lot of great players and you've coached a lot of uh, against a lot of great players, but can you run down some of those great players that you've coached against and then your travels? Man, uh, uh, we went to slam down to the beach and played against uh, Cam Reddish and uh, was it Mo Bamba? Uh, yeah, those two Bamba. guys. Yeah, and uh, we had Jalik. And, um, you know, they beat us at the buzzer. But, uh, you know, that that was a, a great experience because both of those guys are pros. Um, you know, we also played against Zion Williams. And, and I think Zion scores them like 52. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, but you know, you know, and, and it's like you know, you we had the opportunity at Chick Fil A Classic. We played in the championship game against um, uh, Devin Dotson, the point guard from Kansas, and we lost to them in overtime. But you know, just playing against you know, like teams like that, man, it, it's is huge because you know, like. You know, you don't get to see that in region play, you know, 
or when you're making a run for a state championship. But, you know, having an opportunity to kind of see where you're at, you know, from a talent standpoint with your guys, I mean, you want games like that. You know, regardless if you win or lose, you know, you just want to be in an opportunity where you can kind of, you know, sit there and, and just play against anybody. And that and that and that's one of my biggest things, man. I don't care. I mean, anyone, anywhere, anytime. You know, let's let's lace them up and let's play, because I know my guys gonna compete. That's great. That's a great attitude to have, man. And and you've done a great job there, Gray. You know, cultivating that program and and going to those type of tournaments, and that's just such a great experience for your kids. Even the kids that may not go on to play college, whatever, they'll remember those experience. You know, those kids that played against Zion Williamson. Listen. He's going to be in the NBA for the next 15 years. They're going to be able to tell their buddies, he dropped 52 on us. <laughs> uh, but, Coach, we like to wrap it up with this final question. If I, asked, if I asked Brandon Wallace or Devin Downey or Zam Frederick, kids that played for you 10, 12, 15 years ago, and I asked kids that played for you this year at Gray Collegiate, what's the one thing they would say that Coach Dion always says? Like the same thing that he repeats. It could be a teaching point. It could be, you know, something you say in practice to them. What's the thing you find yourself repeating to the kids all the time? I see a smirk on your face. So, if you if you don't play hard, take my stuff off. <laughs> we give it to somebody else. I like that. I'm That's pretty sure I've heard that. that yelled in the gym at the Bojangles Bash, Dion. <laughs> you know, take it off. Give it and to back in somebody the- else. Back in the beginning of the AAU days, that was your stuff. That was uh, – I mean, that was your money, those T-shirts, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, it was, man. It was. I feel like he said that in the gym, and I felt like, well, this is my chance. Maybe I, maybe that kid will take his jersey off, and then maybe I can go play. I don't know if I have any eligibility left, but uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Dion. So, well, Dion, I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun to – Hear your stories and hear your dog. What's the What's the dog's name? What What do we have? His name is uh, Charlie. He's an English bulldog, seventeen months, man. Charlie, please tell Charlie I said hello, and <laughs> it's, it's great to hear from you and Charlie on this podcast. And uh, we know that you're a great follow on Twitter, uh, GCA Hoops One. Anything else that you'd like to promote, Great Collegiate? Anything that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Nah, man. I you know uh, the the thing is, you know. I, I've had a lot of success at Gray, but it's because of my great staff, you know, and, uh, you know, I just want to give them a big shout out, you know, uh, Coach Laurie, um, Coach Dreer, um, you know, Brandon Wallace, of course, Mark Cooper, Thomas Perez, like, you know, those guys, they put a lot of time and uh, effort into, um, you know, helping me and, and the kids in the program be very successful because um, I really do feel that, um you know, Brandon and, and Mark Cooper, if they choose to, they're going to have opportunities to be head coach, coaches whenever they decide to be ready for that. And they're going to be good ones. Well, you've, you've had some some great coaches come through there, and uh, one of them being Andrew Glover just got his first head job down there, Lucy Beckham down in the, in the lower state. So you've got your, your coaching tree will continue to grow. And uh, just, like I said, just a real pleasure to have you on the show, Dion. I can't thank you enough for – for coming on and, and talking about the greatest games and we'll go ahead and put a button on this episode here so for my co-host chris de blasio i am brian rosefield and thank you for listening to this episode of the greatest games